In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. You may have noticed uh, that Wednesday night Vespers was a little different tonight. Um, the feast that we are celebrating uh, ha- is, there's different solemnities, or there's different, I'm going to say levels, but that seems to make it seem like a video game or something. Uh, but there's different um, solemnities or uh, ranks to the saints. And the three hierarchs, uh, this is the feast of the three hierarchs, uh, is the feast dedicated to Basil, John Chrysostom, and Gregor the Theologian. And these three luminaries of the church, um, there's a specific reason why they're lumped together. And it's not just because um, they were around the same time period or because uh, they were very influential in the early church. Uh, if you're going to talk about, as the hymnody tonight t- uh, reminds us and teaches us, that these three uh, luminaries, part of the, their reason why they're held in such high esteem is because of their teaching of the Trinity. We especially see this in Basil and Gregory, as they are great architects and defenders of the teaching of the Trinity. Uh, John Chrysostom, also a teacher of uh, the Trinity and also the transcendence of God. But this isn't uh, just a feast of kind of uh, the three of our favorite saints that we put up there and then let's have a feast. There's actually a historical uh, story, historical story, (laughs) Uh, there's a story that happened uh, as to why we have this feast. Because each of these saints has a feast day. Uh, maybe even more than one feast day. For example, John Chrysostom has a uh, feast day for the translation of his relics. Um, what happened was, so that these men lived basically in the 4th century, and we have about 600 years later, six, 700 years later, in Constantinople, already six to 700 years is a lot of time when you think of how long North America, the United States of America has been around. Uh, we have within the church uh, an argument breaks out. We have in one corner, we have the Gregorians, those who think that Gregory is the best. We have in another corner the Basilians, those who think Basil is the best. And we have in another corner uh, Johannites, those who are following John Chrysostom. I've never heard of church having different people with different opinions uh, setting themselves up against each other. This feast uh, is a fascinating feast because of this. It captures uh, a part of church life that is very real. That, that we have three different personalities, and I could say personalities in kind of bold and underlined because these men were the, if you want to say the architects of the Orthodox faith, and I don't mean Orthodox faith in the sense of the, the teachings of the Orthodox Church, but I mean Nicene Christianity, that we believe uh, fully in the divinity of Jesus Christ and the full divinity of the Holy Spirit, based on Gregory, both great defenders of this truth. Um, but what we have uh, with, within the three of these, uh, later those who decide, well, my specific uh, articulation of the truth, John, uh, is better than Basil or Gregory. This happens to this day, even in the Orthodox Church. 
We have, I wouldn't say factions, and I wouldn't say sects or a sectarian mind, but that was the trajectory that we had these three uh, groups moving towards, right? And they, maybe they would have had the Gregorians who meet on 2nd Avenue in Constantinople, the Basilians who have the monastery up the road. Uh, I don't know all of the specific details, but the record shows that there was division. The three of them uh, revealed themselves in a dream. Uh, and I think it's important because a lot of us grew up in a culture um, that basically puts anything miraculous, it had to happen in the Bible. And then after the Bible, there's nothing miraculous uh, to really happen. But if you think about the history of uh, Israel and the ways in which God interacted with Israel, why would God change his interaction with the church? He still reveals himself. He still has... Uh, not different revelations outside of Jesus Christ, but he's still guiding, shepherding his people, miracles, uh, revelations, uh, etc. So in the, the, I've always considered, if you're looking at uh, reading the Old Testament, you get the history of Israel and God's relationship with Israel as captured in the, uh, the Old Testament, the First Covenant. Uh, then we see, in the New Testament, we see the very beginnings of that relationship, but then the rest of church history is the continuation of that relationship with God. So the three of God's friends, the saints, Basil, John, and Gregory, hear about that there's factions in the church, and they actually appear in a dream to a bishop. I believe if I'm remembering correctly, Bishop John, he's a local bishop there. And then Bishop John basically wades in, because what do Basil, Gregory, and Chrysostom do when they reveal themselves? To this bishop. They say, as we sing actually in the hymnody, we're of one mind. We're not that we are all together on every single little thing. Their personalities do not disappear. But we are one in God. And what, our, what we teach is not in conflict with each other. What you see, and you can see this if you read Basil, Gregory, and Chrysostom, and I heavily encourage you to, uh, if you can read scripture and understand it, you can read the fathers and understand them. Because most of the time you will find that what they're doing is commenting on scripture. And that when they are talking, they're basically putting scripture together in ways uh, that you might not have thought about it. But if you can read scripture, you can read some of these fathers. Basil, Gregory, and Chrysostom wrote very different things. Uh, Chrysostom is known, why is he known as Chrysostom? The golden mouth. Because uh, partly, I think some of that is because uh, whatever he thought came out of his mouth. <laughs> and I mean that in a positive sense. I mean, we have reams of John Chrysostom, kind of the same way that in Latin we have Augustine. And we start talking about anyone who's ever said, I've read all of Augustine, you know that they're lying, because that's <laughs> practically impossible. Same with Chrysostom. With Basil, you find somebody who likes to order things, organize things. He has a kind of lawyer mind. He has an organizational mind. He wants to create uh, a monastic community. He wants to talk about this is what the life in Christ is. And he writes letters. And he's very much engaged uh, within what the church needs to be uh, engaged in and active. And if you want to say church politics, 
on a kind of cynical side, but in an active sense that he took responsibility and leadership. And then you look at Gregory the Theologian, you have a completely different type of person. Gregory the Theologian uh, would be more, he was a, the Archbishop of Constantinople before there was the Patriarchate there. And he's basically the one uh, who's known for wherever there's a gathering of bishops together, a synod, he doesn't want to be anywhere near it. Because he likes poetry. And Boyd, someone who likes poetry, doesn't usually like all the practical political stuff or organizational stuff of Basil. And maybe they don't say everything that comes to their mind like Chrysostom. But they want a silent retreat. And this is what Gregory, especially, if you read some of his poetry, he's basically saying, please get me out of these bishop meetings. I'm really ready to just retire and get out and be able to be on my own and write my poetry and read my scriptures, do the services, and just exist and contemplate God. So all of these tensions and these personalities and their writings, and they show in their writings, but this is not an occasion for division in the church. It's an occasion, actually, I think, for underlining a basic truth about the unity of the church, that while there might be tensions... We are a church made up of a lot of different people with a lot of different talents, a lot of different mindsets, etc. But if we're in agreement on the theology and the basics of the church, and maybe some of us have an accent here, and other of us have an accent here. Some want to serve the poor. Others, uh, that's not their gift. They can teach. They can preach. They can help. They can do the books. They can do all sorts of things. They can help uh, create a library. We have like three or four librarians actually in this church. Um, But all of this is for the glory of God and the unity of the church. Uh, And it's no wonder that the church puts before us these three luminaries and underlines their teachings, their example, but also the unity of the church. And that a church that can handle these three personalities, (laughs) quite different from each other, Uh, can withstand all of us and all of our different personalities and all of our different accents and underlining and bolding and even striking out. Uh, But the Orthodox Church acknowledges this, understands this, uh, but also puts before us, even in the feast, um, all the history of these three and then some more history of where the Church decided that they were going to uh, take sides of three who are actually united in faith and fellowship in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to whom belongs glory with his Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Tonight, um, well, let me turn off the recording.